I left the city, I've been browsing. Treading water that they drowning. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Guys, it is draft season. I mean, this is the greatest time of year. I did 13 of them yesterday and I'm sitting here trying to juggle it all and it was just chaos, pandemonium. So much fun though. Nothing more fun than chopping it up with these two guys, Mung and John. It's draft season, man. Like, this is so exciting. We It's it's that time of year that we love. But, man, John, I mean, as, as you've been finding out, it can be stressful, too. Like, <laughs> we're trying to make these deals, and it's just been a, a crazy couple of days. Yeah, I got multiple rookie drafts going on right now. I have a startup. Shout out to Smash 10. Mung and I are competing there in Smash 10. And that startup, we, we'll have to break some of that down for you guys. And But, yeah, I got to tell you. I really thought it was just going to be a ton of fun doing this punt and doing this rookie draft where I got all these first. It's actually been kind of stressful because you got so much going on. You're trying to work up trades and it, it really becomes a challenge to move all of it. But we'll have to break that down and kind of share some of the stuff we're learning when along the way. We made some trades in there, which I yeah, I yeah, we one, did. Yeah, that was trending on Twitter. It's pretty big. And, you know, like I, I think the biggest thing when you're doing those punts and I was talking about with Zoltan because that's something that him and I have been doing a ton of. It's like you almost have to just understand you're not going to get everybody. You want everyone right, to fall right. where you want to, just mm-hmm. like it is in the NFL draft where we wanted everybody to fall to the right places. And we just have to understand. Yeah, it's like, right you on. know, we were talking about when you have one pick, it's like, okay, that's my guy. I'm going to move into that area. Exactly. When you have, when you have 12 first, when you have nine first, then it's like, no, I want to make sure I get all of these. And right. in the back of my head, I'm like, watch the guy at 201 pop off, you know, watch the guy at 201 <laughs> be the Justin Jefferson. And right I just ruined yeah. the whole thing among Smash 10's going on. You know, you have not drafted since Smash Smash 1 in one of the Smash Leagues. How's that going, and what's going on with you with all of your rookie drafts? Yeah, it's been a crazy busy week uh, since the NFL <laughs> draft. Uh, worked all weekend to update my Dynasty rankings, 1QB and Superflex. Those are up at Fantrax. I've been working on some sleeper articles. And like John said, uh, we are doing the Smash 10 startup right now i got sniped at 107 lamar jackson went one pick before me so i had to pivot there and trade back and it's been a lot of fun got a couple of rookie drafts going simultaneously as well so just uh basically my phone blowing up with sleeper notifications every 30 seconds but it, it's a it's a crazy good kind of busy right hashtag Absolutely. dynasty life and yeah. so I spent most of the day, I actually took the day off, and spent most of the day working on all of the, the Patreon stuff. So now we have positional rankings for every single rookie position broken down with tiers. And we have the top 48 super flex, the top 48 one quarterback, everything just broken into tiers now so you guys can see it. I think the coolest part about this is, yeah, I was juggling those nine drafts. But I was trying to answer questions for everybody in the Patreon. You know, we set that up where guys have on the clock assistance of what's going on with your rookie draft so if you guys haven't checked it out you know it's it's patreon.com backslash smash accept guys i mean right now for the money you guys are getting draft assistance you're getting draft content i mean this is literally the best that that you can possibly get from myself john mung snoog and then a group now it's almost up over 100 people where they're just kind of chit-chatting and talking dynasty 24 7 so quick shout out to that guys 
it's rookie draft season. And the thing with me right now is we do this every year, Mung. We talk about everything in Dynasty cyclical, right? And in 22, we said we're going to buy the 23s. And then we get to 23. And now everybody seems to want to buy 24s. You know, like we have a draft class here that we had three quarterbacks go in the top four. We had two running backs go in the top 12. Four wide receivers go in the first round. An elite tight end going to the dream position. And it's like just because Zach Charbonnet went to Seattle, everyone's like, well, not everything's lining up. Just because Seattle messed up that uh, JSN couldn't go to the Chargers. It's like now everybody's talking about 2024. And I, I mean, I just, this blows my mind, Mung. We talk about it all the time, but this class really is special. But we're just trying to move on to the next grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, and I, I would say the most important thing to keep in mind as you're going through your rookie drafts is to have conviction, right? These are your dynasty teams. We're here to give you advice. We're here to give you rankings. We have the players that we love. But if you want to get your guy, I will never say absolutely don't do that. I'll say I don't like the value there or I would try to trade back first. But if you love Quentin Johnston over Jackson Smith and Jigba and you can't trade back for whatever reason, then, hey, go ahead and grab them because we've seen time and time again over the last few years, right, how many people faded Josh Allen. Justin Jefferson was, I believe, the third rookie wide receiver off the boards in, in most drafts that year. So if you really do, if you've done your research, if you've listened to other experts, podcasts, articles, whatever it is, and you believe in your guy, go get him. John, this, this class you and I have hyped up for months, right? And we, we we set up things to do punts. We set up things to do rebuilds based around this class. I personally just, I mean, I in Smash 3 drafted an entire team. I mean, I got literally right, right. everybody in the top 15. <laughs> and, but talk to me a little bit about this process that's frustrating for you because yeah. what I'm seeing is like, we talked about it in 2022, you know, that let's move to 2023. This 23 class is 10 deep at the top, you know? And 11 and 12 mm -hmm. are a little bit like, eh, pick your guy, you know, try to figure it yeah. out. But that top 10 is instant difference makers. And when you're doing a startup right now, four to four guys, three to four, depending on what you're looking at, go top two rounds. Six guys go top three rounds. We're talking about guys that you paid for a rookie pick are going in the top three rounds this year. That is insane because that didn't happen last year. And we're still downplaying it like it's not something that's absolutely special. Yeah, I, I really think that there's been way too much overreaction to the, the draft. And what I think happens is we spend a lot of time thinking about in the off season, and we, you know, we're almost guilty of this too. We, we hype it up a little bit and we think of these dream landing spots and the perfect draft capital. So when it doesn't happen like we've dreamed it up, there's, maybe uh, an, an overreaction to that. In many cases, there's still some great landing spots and fantastic draft capital. The top six are absolutely elite right now. And we're seeing as many of go in the first two rounds of startups. So you're absolutely right on that. I mean, three QBs go in the top four. That's incredible. I don't think we've seen two running backs go in the top 12 in like seven years. So incredible first round, but I think that we're overstating uh, a bit on day two and overreacting a bit to the extent I, as crazy as this sounds, I didn't think I would say this, but there's some values now to be had in rookie drafts. After those first few picks, a lot of the Twitter community and a little bit in the dynasty community has overreacted to the extent you may want to just try to trade in there and pick up some of these guys. Remember, this is a long game. Okay. 
year one, Howdy. that's the case every year. Hate to break it to everybody. <laughs> Not all these rookies are going to start out of the gates just bawling out. And, and so you had to think about this. And I, I so I, I was really surprised. This is the surprise to me, if I had to break it down, was this year it actually was a little bit better to sell pre-draft. We always talk about selling on the clock with the exception of those first few elite picks. After that, it's actually been um, kind of a little bit backwards. It was a bit better, like stock may have peaked pre-draft for a few of these rookie picks. But hey, be a smart dynasty manager. Like Monk said, go get your guys, have some conviction that these guys are going to play out and, and, and just be the, kind of that steady, uh, you know, guy going after value in your rookie drafts. Well, before we get to our rules of engagement and everything like that, I mean, Mung, right now, I mean, we talked about, we started this podcast, you know, almost three years ago, and the move back principle in dynasty startups was not really all that popular. It was just move up, get your guys, go do those things, you know, and we've really made it popular about trading back and doing the punts and doing the, you know, year one rebuilds and, and all those kind of things. And now I'm finding when you do a startup, not many teams want to move up. Right now, a lot of times, not many people want to move in or move up in rookie drafts like they did in years past. You know, usually I'm in, like I said, I'm in 13 right now. And the amount of move ups in the first round, I mean, I'm in 13 drafts and there were four move ups throughout that first round of guys trying to move into a different position. Four. I was three of them, you know, so like it's right? not yeah. that popular right now. The other thing that mm -hmm. I've, I've been doing like crazy is I've been adding 24 seconds and a 23 third to move into the job. This second round is incredible. I mean, like I'm today, I traded the 307 yeah. and a 24 second to move into 203 to get okay. Jonathan Mingo. And okay. then I did another one yeah. to get Charbonnet and some of those things. But Mung, I mean, is it a trend that we're seeing where just dynasty community in general is less aggressive when it comes to moving up in rookie drafts, less aggressive when they're moving up in startup drafts? I think part of it could be, you know, we've been hammering the tier idea in that mm -hmm. it's not about the necessarily the rankings, RB4 versus RB6, but that second tier or third tier. And other podcasts and websites and articles have kind of been hammering that home as well. So I think people are starting to get it where they're saying, I'm okay with Mingo or Mims or whichever other two wide receivers in that mid-second, so I'm not going to give up a third to trade up two spots. Mm -hmm. Right. Unless you really have a strong preference. And I think you can zig while they're zag. Right. If everyone thinks that certain players are in the same tier, then perhaps you do trade up when people think I can pick up an extra smaller pick or late round pick to move back a few spots. If you do, for example, I have Anthony Richardson in a tier of his own alongside Bijan. Right. So I would need a significant amount to trade down from 102 to 103 or 104. But for a dynasty GM who views all three of those quarterbacks in that same tier, maybe if I have the 104, I do pay up, add a couple seconds to the 104 to grab a guy that I believe it in and who I have in a higher tier, right? Like or another that. example this year is Zay Flowers, who's many people's wide receiver four in this class. But I have him as the 1B to Jackson Smith and Jigba. So where I have the one six one seven one eight, I'm willing to pay up a little bit to go get my guy if I do think that they're in a clear tier ahead. So while there may be fewer people actually willing to trade up when you're looking to trade back, maybe that you know the less market there is for such a move, 
you can actually then trade up to get your guys in certain spots for a lot cheaper as well. I absolutely love that. And I'm glad you brought up Richardson because I want to talk about rule number one. So I made like, I put this out on Twitter is dad's five rules for your dynasty draft. Rule number one is have a plan. So I think a lot of people go in and they're just like, I'm going to draft this player. I'm going to draft that player. This is what's going to happen. I'm thinking more of John, you're coming out of, you know, let's talk smash five. Cause we made a huge deal. Um, you know, you're coming out of year one into year two of that rebuild. So you're talking about what you want to do. I wanted to retool. I think when I talk about have a plan, it's not just like who I want in certain areas. And if you guys check, we have everything set up in tiers, but it's a matter of let's formulate what this looks like. So let's talk about the first one, you know, and Mung, I want you to chime in a little bit more on it than obviously John and I, but John's coming out of year one rebuild. And he's like, I want to compete. So he says to me, I want Josh Allen. So I said, okay, right now I don't have a QB two. I only have Josh Allen. Let's, let's make a deal. So I get, um, Anthony Richardson at the 102 and Deshaun Watson, and he gets Josh Allen, you know, the premium asset there. Works out for both of us. Um, Talk a little bit about that trade. You know, a lot of people are really leery about Anthony Richardson. He's my 102, no doubt about it. You know, like there's not even a question in any certain scenario there, but it's just, you you have to have that plan. If Mm -hmm. John just walked out there and was like, hey, let's just pick these guys. It's not the same thing. You have to go into the draft targeting ideas, targeting not just players in that draft, but exactly what you wanted that to look like. Yeah, and what I want is a quarterback who can run for a 1,000 yards a season, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are just huge, huge difference makers in both real life and in fantasy. Look at the contract that Lamar Jackson just got, right, that no one thought he was actually going to get. Prior to that, prior to the injury, Kyler Murray got paid a significant amount. He's a bit smaller, but he can still run. And I actually posted or I tweeted this a few days ago and I said, knowing what we know now, if you could go back and redo the 2018 rookie draft in super flex formats, would you still take Saquon Barkley over Josh Allen? And I got a lot of replies saying, well, we didn't know that Josh Allen would develop like he did. Right. We certainly didn't have any indication. We thought he was a raw passer. We didn't think he could last. But hey, look at what happened. And I'm saying that it doesn't even matter if Anthony Richardson isn't a great passer because even in the first couple of years in his starting games, Josh Allen was a top 12, top 10 fantasy quarterback and top five in certain stretches of the season. So even if you don't have that long-term job security in a year and a half, if Richardson is running in touchdowns and running for six to 800 yards a year, people are buying in at that point. And at that point, you can sell Whereas B. John Robinson, as good of a running back as he is, we've seen that Jonathan Taylor's gone early in startups. And just a year later, he dropped two rounds. Uh, same thing happened with Saquon Barkley. If you want to go back further, Ezekiel Elliott. Running backs are absolutely crucial to winning leagues, but you should buy them in season, right? We've seen year, year over year in the offseason, they continue to drop in value, even the elite tier. Well, I think so 2018 Baker Mayfield was actually the guy that there was the was it Saquon or was it Baker, you know, and that was the crazy thing there where a lot of people had that debate The the thing with Bijan Robinson and I, I'm to your point, like, I think Anthony Richardson is phenomenal. And I think he's going to have that high ceiling and he's going to put himself in there. Bijan Robinson guys that go top six. 95% of them have had a top five to top 12 running back season within their first two seasons. You know, this is a guy that I think just absolutely has less risk 
but that's that's usually the thing that I'm kind of looking at there. And I I mean that's splitting hairs when we talk about it back and forth. But Richardson is that guy, John? On our on our poll right now, it's 56 to 44 on the Richardson Watson side for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think it worked out great for both of us. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about that plan process, right? Like you're coming out of that first year. You know, you didn't just yeah. say. And you and I've had five, six. 10 phone calls about it. Like, Hey, am I ready? Is this what we should do? You know? And it's, I think our dynasty listeners have to look at it a little bit differently, not just say, well, I have the one Oh seven today. What, what's going to fall to me. It's I have the one Oh seven and this is my need, or I have the one Oh seven and this is what I want to do with my team. Yeah. I, I really think it is important that, you know, again, step one, have a plan. In my case, I was sitting with Deshaun Watson on my roster. He was that great punt candidate that lowered my potential points. Um, and then I, I'm looking at this draft, right? And I know that there's going to be at least three QBs coming in. So, you know, it's not a smart roster build to have four young QBs, right? And they have premium value and super flex. So I'm okay with doing two for one trades to make a massive upgrade to the, let's just say a top three easily QB and and go make that my anchor and then go try to contend. I, I actually think I will say this. I'm starting to realize it is very difficult to go from a punt to like a true contender in one year. I'm still going to kind of test it out and we'll see how things go. I'm sure we'll break it down, but you know, you got to then look at all these different assets and make sure that you have a plan. Um, you know, I think that you, what you also need to do is find the other teams that make sense for you. Yeah. And like in your case, I knew you were kind of ready to retool a little bit. So you know that what you're offering the other team is going to make sense for them. Um, now, I will say this. I had a number of other trades that I had pre-wired and I thought we're going to go through and some guys back out. Right. So I kind of penciled that in. OK, well, then I'm moving on to my contingency plans. Again, this is where I feel like and, you know, shout out to the Smash 5 guys. But I think that many of them are, have overreacted big time to, to landing spots and um, okay, more value for me. We'll take advantage of those. Well, that's, types of situations, that's why I wasn't right? three. I actually only yeah. traded the 106. That was the only one I drafted the rest of them. Drafted yeah, all I, the seconds. I there wasn't imagine. much in yeah. there. And I think mm-hmm. so. Talking about uh, the move to Smash 4, shout out to Brian Russell. You know, we did a trade where I last year was, I, I was, I finished third. You know, and I was like in a decent spot, but much like Smash One, where we've talked about this, I had Jalen Hurts, and I'm like, the rest of the team's old. I mean, it's really old. So I was mm-hmm. able to trade for, I gave up Jalen Hurts, I got the 103, and the 24 firsts, two of them, of the guys that finished 109 and, or I'm sorry, not 109, 103 and 104 last year. So I was thinking potentially mid, try to get that way and and try to, again, having a plan where it was like, you know what, I'm going to execute this plan. I'm going to rebuild it. I'm going to move it into that section. You know, and I think that trade, he was he was ecstatic with getting Jalen Hurts. I'm excited to get Bryce Young in what I look to be as two earlier 24 firsts. And then obviously Caleb Williams, who we're going to talk about a ton now that rookie drafts are over, <laughs> is going to be the closest thing to Mahomes that we've had, you know, like, and I'm, I'm just super excited to see where, what we can do, you know, with rebuilds, with punts, trying to make sure we get that 24 101. The second rule that we have, as far as, you know, when it comes to your draft and it's, it's play the market, right? So we, Mung was already talking about it, zigging while other people zag. Uh, there was some scenarios where it was like, 
the overreaction or underreaction to Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I think we just have to look at where the market is, what the market values are. That's why we talk about those things so much and trying to understand where to move there. You know, like we've shown you guys what those values are of said players and, and how to move around. But John, there's definitely some areas that you can, you know, the, the trade that I have here is I got T Higgins, Travis Etienne in the 107 for AJ Brown and Kenneth Walker. So yeah, for me, I'm starting to transition off Kenneth Walker, obviously with Charbonnet. It's, it's a matter of just looking at what has happened in the draft and making those adjustments early enough, right? I think a lot of times we talk about making adjustments and people are slow to make those adjustments. Talk to me a little bit about what you've seen as far as market value and and trades throughout the uh, startups, that, or I'm sorry, rookie picks that you've done. Yeah, in my case, doing rookie rookie picks and startup picks. And you, you can start to, again, coming back to see how the other teams are drafting and who they value. And if, if, you, if you're not sure, always get some conversations going so that you can kind of judge, all right, how are all these other teams feeling about the players um, that, that I might be targeting? And you, you might, for example, like Mingo better than the other guys. And you know that, so you mm-hmm. can take advantage of that. In my case, I'm just going to keep repeating this, but I think that people are absolutely overreacting to this draft. And it, there's this group think that's kind of crept in to Twitter. And so there's all these values. Uh, running backs and wide receivers that might just be slow out of the gates in their first year, but then down the road are could potentially blow up. And, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of get into our discord and kind of toss some ideas around and everyone is kind of sharing what's happening in their leagues. So you can really form a pretty good idea of what's likely going to happen in a startup or a rookie draft. And so um, when, when things are, you know, there's values that are slipping in the draft, you may want to trade up and grab one or, you know, I, I have a tier of players that I think could be available. So I'm going to trade down. Mm-hmm. So it, it really is always important to be fluid. Like, so you come in with a plan, but be ready to, to stay fluid. Right. I mean, pre-draft, we have our rankings and tiers post-draft. We're going to, we're going to adjust. You have to respond. Now we know how the NFL mm-hmm. feels about these players. So I'm not going to have any take lock. I'm going to adjust. I'm in the process of publishing my post-draft Superflex and we one QB rankings into the Patreon here. So that, that stay fluid, keep adjusting your plan and adjust to the market values, right? Don't get locked in on your plan to the point where you're rigid and your guy's gone. You don't know what to do. You know, kind so, of think about how to adjust to, to that, right? 13 drafts. Bijan's gone one in every single one. Richardson's mm-hmm. gone two in every single one. Mm-hmm. Young has gone three in 11 out of the 13. Gibbs has gone three in the other two. So those four guys seem to be right there in that same spot. Stroud and JSN, I've been in that area where if you need a quarterback, they seem to be that next tier. Those top six, across those 13 leagues, there has not been one variation. There has not been one person that's gone astray on that. Addison has gone 7, 13 out of 13. Quinton Johnson and Kincaid, flip-flop, 8 and 9 in every single one. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Flowers mm-hmm. and A-Chain have been 10 and 11 in every single one. They've just, So there is a chalk top 10. Wow. You know, yeah. it, it's been very interesting. You know, I like I said, I've been I've been jumping up there for Jonathan Mingo. That's I am 13 drafts in. I have nine shares. I think he in Carolina is going to be the wide receiver one. You know, he got the round two draft capital. And that's someone that I have literally traded up for and and had conviction of. We talk about get your guy. So that's my rule number right. three is get your guy. Mm-hmm. I have 13 shares of, or I'm sorry, nine shares of Kincaid, 
nine shares of um, Mingo, seven mm-hmm. of A-Chain, seven of, of JSN, you know, and four of Gibbs. Those are my guys. Those are guys that, you know, we, we talk about it all the time, making sure you get into that area. Mung, a couple years ago, you know, like Jamar Chase was both of our guys, and we started backing off because of some news and things like that. Who are those guys that you're targeting right now that you would say are your guys? I mean, another guy that I, I've loaded up in the late second round, as late as 212, as early as 2.8, is Hendon Hooker. I've been just stockpiling everywhere you know similar type value of when we were when i stockpiled on jalen hurts and was like you know what in a year this could be a huge investment so who are some of those guys that you're just like i gotta get these guys this is where i gotta move to this is who i want yeah i think i've been pretty vocal about anthony richardson already so i won't uh, beat a dead horse there uh zay flowers uh like i said a little bit earlier is my number two wide receiver in this rookie class a lot of people do not like the Baltimore landing spot, and I cannot figure out why. I think part of it is they've been so, so run-heavy for the last few years. But with Greg Roman gone, it sounds like they re-signed Lamar Jackson to truly lead that offense. They've got Todd Mockinen, who just led Georgia to two back-to-back titles. Mm-hmm. A lot of zone read, a lot of downfield passing. This is an offense that I think is going to pass a lot more than we saw in 2022 or 2021 and on top of that you talk about target competition odell beckham's what 31 coming off an acl i mm-hmm. think he said he had no acl uh playing <laughs> with the rams uh rashad bateman has had trouble staying healthy he's coming off of a major foot injury so i think zay flowers is ready for liftoff i've talked about him quite a bit already and one guy that i just wrote in my sleepers article that you can find on fan tracks is sam laporta who I have as the number two tight end in this class, not too far behind Dalton Kincaid. Um, when we talk about rookie drafts this early, right after the NFL draft, I would look at different dynasty rankings across free and paid sources if you subscribe to any, and I would go off of those rather than ADP because right now ADP hasn't settled yet. A lot of drafts are going to happen over the next week or two that could vastly change ADP. And that goes back to what I kind of opened with at the top of the show, which is get your guys, right? I just took um, Sam Laporta at 2.01 in the uh, Smash Except One League during our rookie draft because I wasn't really sure where he was going to go. Sleeper had his ADP way down about in the late second, I believe. But this early on, I really don't know who's going to be following Sleeper or MFL set ADPs and who's going to go off different rankings and who's going to get their guys. Mm-hmm. So again, this early on, maybe in a, if you're drafting in a league that does their rookie draft way later in July, August, I think the ADP will be more settled then mm-hmm. and you'll have league mates who kind of go off of that. But this early on, my advice is just to get your guys. Yeah. And, and the ADP of sleeper hasn't really caught up. He has gone 204 to 208 in every single one of the the 13 that I've been 201 would be the the earliest there and I've been trying to get in but everybody's pretty sharp with that you know he goes right around that same area as the wide receiver six in Mims or you know trying to get uh Kendra Miller who I feel like just keeps going way too high up um John Mung said something about ACLs your boy doesn't have any but he tapes them all together Tajay Spears is someone where I know that's your boy and mm-hmm. he's He's been of value. I have gotten him as late as 212. He's consistently going 207 to 212. And, you know, I know Garrett Price has him still in his top 12. You still have him very high. 
how worried should we be? And he's, he's still one of your guys. And let's talk about the rest of your guys. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's a really interesting scenario because he was pre-draft one of my guys. And you have to take that information in. But the thing about it is everybody has all this information. There's extensive medicals that are done. We just watched the guy with the, the exact same situation ball out at Tulane. And I think that the knock is, well, all right, he's really just going to be a one contract guy. Okay, maybe. But who isn't these days at the running back position, right? I mean, I, I'm turning up the contrast a little bit here. I understand that some of these guys in Dynasty will go on to their second contract, but they're kind of becoming few and far between. And they're usually dropping in value so the the peak value and when you want running backs if you want to contend and win is early on on these rookie contracts like that's how you win in dynasty and so i still have him as one of my guys and i like the fact now that he's consistently available later and okay derrick henry's there for now <laughs> i mean well, tennessee's going through major changes right now he's already been rumored to be traded he's got one year left tops Tajay could step into the role. I'm telling you now, and he is an incredible dynamic playmaker. Uh, so what, what were you going to say there? Yeah, on he, he might fit the mold of those running backs that we talk about a two to three year window because of they're saying, you know, he's yeah, got some cartilage issues, some arthritis, but I mean like the PPR abilities of him mixed in, like he's going to have day one flex appeal. Like he's going to mix into that offense that looks like they're going to be trailing quite a bit. Yeah, that yeah, needs some I, pass right. catchers. And yeah, I think he, I think he's a right. real value. Like I I wasn't in on him when when you had him at like 112. But now we're talking yeah. 207, 208 and I I'm buying in there cuz Kluge put something out there of like which one of those running backs, you know, between Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet and um and Spears, like who's that guy you want in 2023? And I mean you know, Charbonnet is going to have a role, obviously, and Spears is going to be in there. And I think Miller ends up being the guy that's a little bit too expensive for what his role is. But, I mean, you could see a scenario year one where Derrick Henry goes down and he could potentially have a nice, solid RB2 season that you're buying in that late second. Because yeah, there's nothing else there. It's Hassan Haskins. Like, there's, there's not a lot. Yeah, well, there's very little in the entire offense. So he could get quite a bit of touches. And he, i got to come back to this really important point. Day two draft capital for running backs is so, so critical. We talked about it pre-draft quite a bit during the offseason, mm -hmm. and he got it. He got it. Yeah. And that says that, uh, you know, this, these teams have reviewed the situation. They believe in him, and they made a pretty significant investment. So, you know, I actually um, am hi I'm higher on Kendra Miller than uh, you are. Um, I think that he's also in a pretty interesting situation and he got the day two, day two draft capital. And yet you do worry about, you know, in New Orleans currently a lot of mouths to feed with Jamal Williams and of course Kamara, but you got a potential suspension looming and, you know, kind of an aging running back situation with both those guys. So if I'm looking into year two, certainly year three, Kendra Miller could easily be the lead back there. I think he's more talented in many ways than Jamal Williams and uh, again, a declining Jamal Williams. So I think that one's kind of interesting and uh, maybe he's priced fairly. You know, I do think that Spears mm -hmm. is a better value than Kendry Miller. Yeah, Miller's uh, but going I'll toss... 111 to like 203, yeah. which yeah. To, to what I was saying about that is not mm -hmm. that I, you know that I like Kendra Miller, the prospect, but there's guys that I won't buy because of where they are value-wise. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of like, yeah. That's sure. not where you definitely play the go. values, you know, and that's yeah. where you're right. Like moving back to Spears is huge value. People talk about that 
day two draft capital, but then they pretend that third round doesn't matter. It's second has to be so much better. You know, it's, it's once they go round four yeah. or after you still have some of those people under correcting saying, well, Zach Evans has a, a spot here. I was like, no, nah, he went in the sixth round. You got to chill. Yeah, that's it's right. 20% yeah. hit rate after you get past fourth round. And that's low. Yeah. And I, I I'll, I'll throw one more out as one of my guys. And it's definitely Dalton Kincaid. I, in the smash five rookie draft, I actually, um, did overpay just a little bit to go back into the tier. Just like you talked about, Mung. I traded up a couple spots to go get Dalton Kincaid. And I just really think he's special. I think I'd, I would have no problem taking him ahead of Quinton Johnston um, or Zay Flowers or the any of the other running backs not named Bijan or Gibbs in a tight end premium league. And in this case, it's 0.75 premium. So he could be special. I totally agree. Sam Laporta. He was going to be one of the guys I threw out. I picked him up. Uh, don't be jealous too much here. I'm looking at this at the uh, 205 in the Smash 5 rookie draft. I thought that was good value there going to Detroit. Those really could be tied in one and two. I like Mayer, but I really like the situation Laporta's in. But again, in premium leagues, we've talked about it so many times, there, there's just so much underrated value. And I, I, I think you just kind of figure out how to unlock that and so both those guys would be I'd be very comfortable with taking anywhere um, in, in the second round for Sam Laporta. And certainly in, in the case of Kincaid, as we just heard, he's going kind of one oh nine, sometimes one oh eight, somewhere in that range. I'm totally comfortable with where the that early ADP has him landing. And I'll be interested to see where he goes in Smash 10 because Zoltan was asking me last week on the pod, where do you have him? I said he's my tight end five above Fryermuth. I would literally take him over Goddard yeah. or Kittle at this point. I was listening to Dynasty Nerds, and Rich said he would take him over Kelsey. He said he would take him as the Dynasty <laughs> tight end one. That was the, the boldest take that I've heard. Um, I'll throw so another one, um, Matt Waldman. Um, in his post-draft RSP, go go get that if, if you haven't already. He has him as his number five overall player in this class. Overall. That's, yeah. So that tells you what he thinks about him. That's phenomenal. So we talk about getting your guys and having a plan, and there is ADP out there. And when I'm in Smash 3, I'm like, all right, you know what? I have all these picks. I have so many picks. I want to start mitigating my risk, and I want to make sure I start getting some guys that I know are, are going to be solid producers. So when I got to 106, I traded the 106 and 205 for Chris Olave. Um, I think what you have to look at sometimes is the, the, the mixture between the guys that did it last year, the guys that have been doing it, and the risk of a rookie pick. Because quarterbacks, it's a 30% hit rate as far as guys that go in a super flex round one, only 30% of them are going to be QB1s. You know, and that's that's just the way it is, you know, and, and running backs, it's more like 50% wide receivers. It's, it's in that 30%. But then you see a guy that you know is going to, you know, a guy like Chris Olave, a guy like Drake London, some of these different areas among, we talk about people having that rookie fever, you know, Chris Olave, I have firmly in that 104 value here. It's 106 and 205. Sometimes you can get your guy the other way and really cash in on like People want those rookie picks. They just, you know, you have to know your league mates. We talk about that all the time. But you always have that one guy that has no picks but wants to come in and get a pick, right? And those are those guys that overpay. Yeah, and generally speaking, I, I do want quarterbacks over wide receivers in super flex formats. But I don't think it's crazy to consider taking um, Olave or London over Young or Stroud simply because we just don't see them run that much. 
And so really what you're looking at is, you know, Joe Burrow's the exception to the rule, right? He's been hyper efficient as a pocket passer. He runs here and there. He's more mobile after, uh, you know, two years removed from the injury that he suffered. But at the same time, really, we're looking more like a Kirk Cousins type projection for Stroud and Young. And those guys are productive and important in Superflex, but they don't carry that premium value where you get elite top five upside. They would have to be just incredibly hyper efficient as passers to really achieve that kind of valuation. So if you do think Alave can become a clear top seven, top eight wide receiver, if you think that Drake London, despite the volume concerns, can be that guy, then I'm okay with pulling the trigger on some of those veteran wide receivers or even elite, you know, running backs who are aging a little bit. McCaffrey, Barkley, these guys who might just be short-term answers for you at running back. But for contending teams, you're going to get a lot more out of them than you will a Young or a Stroud. Absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people want to put them in that athletic mold. But like when I was doing the comps for it, it was like a lower end Joe Burrow as the ceiling. But it's more like a Jared Goff, you know, like a Jared Goff. And you said Kirk Cousins. And I think that's kind of what you're looking at is guys that have a little bit of everyone wants to make Bryce Young the next Kyler Murray. But just look at the athleticism. Look at the 40 time. Look at the way, you know, he moves around and he's creative. But I don't think we're going to see him have seven, eight hundred yards rushing. Um, John, my rule number four is be patient. So that goes in multiple different formats. One, it's be patient on the clock. Like you do not have to rush. The more I do this, the more drafts I'm in, the more I realize, okay, you know what? I got an eight hour clock for a reason. We're going to play around and I, I never take it that long, but I don't feel like I have to immediately pick. I don't feel like I have to be that guy because things can happen. People can get off of work. People can, you know, be on break and be like, oh, I got to make a move. And, you know, like today in Smash 3, I was sitting there at 210 and I'm like, oh man, I don't love a lot of things here, you know, and I'm like, what should I go with? And the guy, now I had already drafted Bijan. So he gives me the 210, or sorry, he wanted the 210. He gave me Tyler Algiers and the 211. So to move back, I got, I ended up throwing him a 25 fourth to get Tyler Algiers, he ends up getting Josh Downs, and then I got my guy anyways at the at the two eleven, which I was happy with. So sometimes you just you 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 end up if you make an immediate pick and you don't shop the clip, the the pick. And I know um, Jason McGuire, I got to give him a shout out. He says there's three things in life: it's death, taxes, and you know Dynasty Dad's going to put this picks on the clock or on on the block because I do it every single time just to get an idea. And if you don't, you know, you touch base with your league mates. Hey, anybody want this? And if they don't, sure, let's go ahead and pick. But be patient. On the flip side, John, don't don't be that guy in the group chat that's like, hey, pick, let's go, come on. Like, because I had all 12 of the first picks in Smash 3, people are like, come on, this should take five minutes. Come on. Like, this is, you had your whole time of enjoying the guys that I traded you. Now, let me have my time. Let me have a little <laughs> bit of my fun on the clock. You know, because when this is done, ultimately, guys, and rule number five is enjoy the process. But when this is all done, we're like, dang, I wish we were still doing that, right? You miss it. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's really the most important thing is, yeah, of course, we're playing for entertainment or playing to win, but this is almost like paid entertainment. I mean, the draft is always the best part. Really enjoy it as much as you can. And and I encourage everyone, you have picks, don't have picks, get involved, jump in the chat, mm -hmm. throw some offers out there. I was, again, I, I have to say, kind of disappointed with some of the leagues because um, it, what, what happens is I think when you have all the picks, it kind of freezes everybody. Like, well, 
All right, still I guess got this, PTSD this guy, from yeah. Smash I, yeah, it's just ama- I was amazed how little activity um, was going on. Yeah, and, um, it, it it just kind of like get involved. You know, yeah. stay active. You never know when um, you might be able to strike a deal or find some value. Pay attention and just kind of have fun with it. Mix it up with the the community there. And, and yeah, you're right. Don't push people along, especially if you got multiple picks. You're like, you're in your case, you're forming your entire team. It's gonna mm-hmm. take a little time to put that together, but you always miss it when it's gone. So, and I always, in fact, I told the Smash Ten crew, you know, hey, take the time that you need, but don't yeah. necessarily just take all of it just because. Like, you don't have yeah. to sit through eight hours because it's there. Try if you're if you're pretty much locked in on the pick, you want to go make the pick. And then free it up for for everyone else. But again, it, w- when it's over, everybody is like, "Damn, I'm, I wish you know we still had a rookie pick going here or a, smart, a startup draft going." So that's that's absolutely the right way to look at it, and just just be cool with with the league, you know. Yeah, and I think it's an art form of like knowing that. Like sometimes, you know, I reached out to a guy that was sat eight hours on the clock at one o two, and I said, "Hey, you know what's going on?" He goes, "I'm just sitting here waiting for offers." I'm like. No, 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 no. The eight-hour window is like, hey, let's get some conversation going. Mung, in, in Smash 1, which is, as far as activity is talking, I mean, it's one of the, the least that we've had. But this is like, this draft time is that time where everybody kind of comes out, you know? And this yeah, is your area to, to kind of talk to everybody and try to see where everybody is. And, you know, like I, I talk about, like I put another tweet out there today. Be kind and be courteous with this thing. Like have fun. And be kind with it because you ultimately don't want to ruin a tr- potential trade partner in the future because you're razzing somebody for their saying they're taking too long right. or that they're having a bad pick. You know, it's just like ultimately we want to engage and we want to make sure we have a situation where in six months from now we have a trade partner that we haven't ruined negotiations with. It's just been ones that we're, you know, starting to have a budding relationship because this is a time where people have totally different evaluations on rookies and some people take offense right away. Right. And dynasty trade offers on the clock are, are definitely an art more than a science, right? Because it really depends on the league. It depends on the league mates and it depends on timing. Like you said, um, as we're in the middle of the startup for smash except 10, maybe I'll give a little secret that uh, I don't necessarily want other people <laughs> to use, but Every now and again, usually I get a couple offers as soon as the pick's on the clock, but sometimes there's not much activity. And at that point, sometimes I'll tag everyone and say, hey, sent out a couple of counters when I didn't send out anything. And imme- almost immediately, I will oh, get man. one or two trade offers. <laughs> I better get in there. Yeah. Yo, this guy, I at least said, <laughs> oh, look at this. I at least said one guy. before I do that. Right, <laughs> but, you know, it's just the, it's That's FOMO, awesome. right? If yeah. someone's like, oh, there are people looking to trade up into this pick. Who who am I missing here? Mm-hmm. Oh, I could get this guy. Maybe I should be trading up for him. Mm-hmm. So it's little stuff like that. Obviously, I don't say that all the time, right? Sometimes I just say, hey, feel free to send offers if you're mm-hmm. interested in this pick, something along those lines. But, you know, you can throw in some comments here and there like that, yeah. right? Or if you're saying, if you feel like someone who sent you an offer really really wants their guy there even if it's a really good trade and you're already getting pretty good value sometimes you can say hey i really like a guy here don't say who because you want them to always think it's their guy right whether it's richardson for me but i'll say hey Bijan to the falcons elite rb right what are you going to pay up for the 101 if i'm moving back even if i'm very happy to move back to 102 for a second round pick because i'm getting my 101 anyway 
So it's really understanding the, the dynamics of trading and also the psychology of other GMs. And then, like you said, just be aware of the clock, right? I don't want to pressure anyone. But like you said, if it's been four or five hours and there have been zero offers, then maybe it's time you just go <laughs> ahead and make the pick. Or at least if you send out some offers, right? Don't just be sitting there waiting for others to send you trades. But at the same time, again, perfect pertinent example in Smash 10 earlier today, I was about to make the pick, but I said, hey, I'll give it another half hour. And I actually got another offer about 10 minutes after that from somebody who had just gotten on their lunch break at work. So again, it's timing that if you're happy with making a pick, right? If you're not necessarily looking to move it, then maybe you just make the pick at that point. But if you really are trying to trade, even if there's nothing happening in the group chat, there could be a lot going on in the DMs. So just be courteous, like you said, don't ruin those relationships with, hey, what's going on? Why haven't you drafted yet? And there's a big difference between drafting 107 versus drafting at 3 310. You know, like when I'm at 107 and John and I were talking about this, you know, pre-draft it was a certain player. In draft it became another player. But as soon as you pick that, you know, as soon as you – so at 107 that tier is Kincaid, Addison, Flowers, you know, Johnston. So when you have 107, that's worth a certain value. Because people are asking mm -hmm. me, on DTC, why is 107 worth more than Jordan Addison? Because that's pigeonholed. That's exactly where you have to be. As soon as you pick Jordan Addison, now you eliminate somebody that wanted those other three. You know, So when you get to that area, you shop it and you say, this is what it is. You don't have to feel like a lot of times people just, oh, I'm going to draft that 107 because everybody wants Jordan Addison and then I'm going to shop him afterwards. As soon as you make that pick in that same tier, you eliminate multiple dynasty owners who might not want to be in that same area. So that's why I say, especially if you're in the beginning of a tier, be patient in that area. Try to move back from 1.7 to 1.10. Try to move into those areas and just be patient because you have to understand that once that pick is made, you eliminate trade partners. You know, not everyone loves individual right. players, but everybody loves rookie picks. John, let's let's wrap things up here because I know we covered a lot. I'm excited for the next couple of, of months, you know, because we have things lined up with Snoog is going to be the, the full-time guest on Smash or Pass, you know, full-time co-host sorry not guest he's been the guest now he's the full-time co-host we're going to be getting uh analysts on every other week back and forth between smash accept and and smash or pass so you know i'm excited for the next couple of weeks we're going to break down these rookies more and more but talk again about you know what you're excited about right now anything else to add to the process and then we'll go over to you monk yeah this is this is really still in many ways the best time of dynasty. I mean, I love competing in season, but just assembling your teams and now startups look completely different because we're intermixing all these rookies now. Enjoy that. And, and you know, take in all this news. I think that we're going to see a ton more trades. Remember, we got free agency um, that it's still going to hit with a lot of big names that are still out there. Be Fournette. paying attention to this, right? Make your moves, try to get ahead of it, right? We're going to continue mm -hmm. to break that stuff down right here on the pod so that you kind of have this immediate reaction. If you want like instantaneous reactions, then get in our Discord and you got like a whole community that are breaking stuff down as it's happening, right? And I gotta say, shout out to, to you, Dad. I mean, you've been putting it real work, including today to get all these rankings up there, up to like down to 48 across every position. I'm certainly going to continue to take in all this information, listen to other experts, 
go back and maybe look at some things. Maybe I looked at this guy a little bit differently than the NFL did in the draft capital. Okay, how can I learn from that? Um, I'm, I'm always trying to stay humble and, and you know, continue to learn. And that's what we're just all going to do that together right here on the pod. And I'm going to share everything that I'm learning and, you know, put my takes out there. I will say we've had a lot of success. We do have a formula. The process and the steps that we broke down tonight, if you listen through this and try to follow it, I think you'll be pretty successful most of the time. And, okay, maybe you didn't win them all, but you can learn from that. And you'll, you, you will eventually win some. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of vets now in the community that have a lot to offer as well. So definitely uh, enjoy the process like you always say. And I, I know I'm certainly going to on my end. I love it. You're always humble and hungry. You know what I mean? Like humble and that's hungry, why baby. you and I talking about your, your year one punt, it just doesn't fit your, your mold. I know. Like, I'm always you, just ready to go guns blazing <laughs> and contend. That's my style, but you know, it, learning, it, learning a lot. Love it. Mung, what about you? Yeah, I, I'm super pumped. Uh, like you said, Smash 10 has been my first startup uh, for a, over a year. And, uh, you know, when you see during the NFL draft, right, they have the live cams in the different team rooms. And when they pull off a trade or something, you see everybody jump out of their seats and they're high five and hollering. And that's how it is. I mean, even for me, pulling off a trade in a startup draft, I already stand up off my couch and I'm yelling. <laughs> my wife's going, what's going on? I was like, oh, I just got this trade done. We're moving up to get Anthony Richardson or whoever it is. And so you can totally see why during the NFL draft, you see these entire rooms just erupt. And uh, that, that's what it's about, right? You don't have uh, on-the-clock trades in most redraft leagues. Very few redraft leagues have that. That's what we love about Dynasty, about roster management, about rookie drafts, and really getting to play the role of as close as you can be to an NFL GM. And like you said, step five might be the most important because we're all in this to make a little money on the side. We're all in this to maybe prove that we're smarter than our friends or coworkers or whatever. But at the end of the day, you got to have fun with it, right? And that's part of the reason why I say join as many or as few dynasty leagues as you think is right for you. I know people who have 30 different dynasty leagues. I know you, Dad, you've got probably an even dozen at this point, if not more. And that's great. If you if you love constant activity, that's awesome. I can't keep up with all that. So I know that I need to stay at around five to eight. And whatever that number is for you, just make sure that you remember at the end of the day to enjoy the process because this should be a fun process. Yeah, I, I'm really excited with what you shared there because like Smash 10, I feel like it's that meme where you're like, John's got blinds next to him where the guy's like looking out the window tears in his eyes like it's raining like i'm not in this one right i'm in smash one through nine and i figured yo i gotta make a cutoff sometime you know like if w these things keep getting more popular and, and and people are loving it the other thing that you said and the biggest reason that we created the discord was nobody you know like when you talk to your buddies you talk to your wife you talk to your girlfriend they don't care about your dynasty trades but you go in the discord and you say yo i just got anthony richardson for this or that and it's that mentality we're all oh. just in there sending gifts and like oh. it's it's the cool the closest thing you can get to you know drafting jameer gibbs and pounding the table and almost punching the gm in the face and jumping around yeah. and going crazy <laughs> so guys this has been fun enjoy your rookie process and thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the entire process. Boom.